Hi, I'm David Ramos, PTMer and Senior Manager of Coaching Education and Performance for Player Development, and you are listening to the PTM Podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode three of the PTM Podcast, powered by Racket Sports U. I'm your host, Chris Michalowski, a PTMer known as Coach Mick, broadcasting right here from warm and sunny Orlando, Florida. Well, the story in this episode may not be relatable. Well, not at least yet, but if and when you have kids, it definitely will be. Or if you dig deep, you may remember this moment yourself or with somebody. So the next sound clip is about a minute long, and I was in Chicago at the time looking at some new LED lights that clubs had in Chicago so I could choose a company for our club in Traverse City. And when we were done, I dropped my wife and two of my kids to run into a store, but kept my five-year-old and my two-year-old in the car and drove around a while while they shopped because I know she couldn't handle having the two of them in the store and probably even more so having me in the store. So my two-year-old at the time knew how to push my five-year-old's buttons. And I guess you'll learn that at an early age, but you can even hear my two-year-old saying, "wee" because he knew he ticked off my five-year-old, which I know was his intent for sure. Now I didn't catch the best part of the whole deal, but I pushed the record button on my phone to get the last minute in and you will even hear them ask me why the alarm is on, but it was just a big red button on the record part of my phone that I was using to record the conversation. So let's take a listen, and I'll tie it in with today's quick tip. Well, kind of anyway. Dad, you're in the store. Dad, listen. Dad, turn to store. Dad, Dad, turn to store. Stop me. So we all know how it feels when someone copies us, especially when they take credit for it. I don't think it ever stops if you're a a kid, you know, two and five year old kid or even an adult like I am. So how does this relate to today's quick tip? Well, let's find out. And now today's quick tip on the PTM podcast. All right. So today's quick tip is just the opposite. Copy, copy, copy anything you can from other pros that will help you become a better teaching pro on or off the court. Now, as a matter of fact, this week I was hitting with my son a couple days ago and he had not been hitting on the ball machine for the last three weekends, which I'm huge on. So his volley is one of his best shots and he loves to come to the net. So when we were hitting volleys a couple days ago, his technique was off and I was going to have to give him the same volley speech that I've given him over and over and over before, which he really doesn't like, especially coming from his dad. So I decided to stay quiet to see if he would figure it out for himself. Not easy for me to do anyway. And well, he didn't get it. So basically what he was doing was he was letting his wrist or the tip of his racket come through too early before contact. So he wasn't really sliding underneath the ball. So it wasn't a great day for either of us because 
I'm big on fundamentals, and they just weren't there. Now, coincidentally, I was watching a video on YouTube right after that on how a well-known teaching pro, I think his name is Jorge, teaches the volley. And he does it by putting an empty ball can in the throat of the racket, and then the student has to try to catch the ball in the can. Now, I'm huge on ways to get students to understand what I'm trying to get across. And as a matter of fact, you will need to have backup when teaching if your student can't understand the one way you know how to explain something. So you can explain it in a different way if you can, and you'll need to do this more than once. So let's say they're having trouble on their forehand and they're hitting it late. Well, you're going to need to explain to them. Maybe you have your favorite way of teaching it to them, but you need to have four other ways to show them how not to hit the ball late. So another example might be hitting zones. Like on a forehand, we know it should be long, a nice long hitting zone, but there's many different ways to get this across to your student. My coach said, drive your racket down a log. I don't know why he said that, but it made sense to me. Or drive it down an imaginary line or hit three imaginary balls. Toss a ball to your student from behind them so they have to kind of go after it and reach through it. And all these things may work. So Getting back to my story, sorry about the tangent, which rarely happens, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. I, I tried this today with my son. I heard that tip, and I tried it with my son, and it was just today. It was like half an hour ago, and it was like magic. He got it, and his volley was back. It forced his wrist to be in the perfect laid-back position, and it totally helped him out. Now, I personally have copied many pros right from the start of my career, both on and off the court. And like today, I copied that tip, and it made me look like the best pro on the planet to my son, but it wasn't even my tip. So how can you do this as a PTM student or an apprentice or someone just getting into the industry? How can you start to copy people to kind of mold the type of pro you're going to be? Well, the answer is read, watch, experience what the best pros are doing and take what you can and weave it into your own coaching style. I mean, I used to cut all the one page coaching tips from tennis magazine years ago, like up a ladder for better lobs hold on to a beach ball for better volley ready position, tie a rope between you and your doubles partner and have them in my holster when needed. Or an example uh, might be is I ran a very successful tournament in Traverse City called the Snowbound Open. And when I played in this tournament, the purse was a $450 split between the singles and doubles finalists. Now, when I finished it, all right, after I was there for a number of years, the purse was $23,000 all from local sponsors in the community and some who were not even attached to tennis in any way. So how did I do it? Well, I copied what my good friend Jim Crimble did at his club with a major USTA event. If you gave me $1,000, I gave you $3,000 worth of stuff back, and that $3,000 worth of stuff was at cost to me of about like 300 bucks. So it might be uh, the cart fee in our golf course was 20 bucks, but uh, a round of golf was $150. So I paid them their 20 bucks so they didn't lose money but they gained money actually, not only because uh, those people are gonna come back, but the average food and beverage per round is 12 bucks. So you can use amenities like that, like I had at the resort, or if you don't have amenities like that, you can create participating sponsors, like a restaurant and say dinner for two, and that dinner might cost a restaurant, let's say uh, $20, but but the total cost to the customers, let's say, uh, $100. So that's what you value it at, but you pay the restaurant whatever their cost is so they don't lose, excluding alcohol. So now they're making money on alcohol too. So they're probably going to make a little bit more. So the point is everybody wins. Nobody's losing money, but basically the resort and maybe these restaurants are just basically getting paid to advertise, which is pretty cool because you usually pay to advertise. They're getting paid. So it was a cool idea, but you know what? It wasn't mine. I copied it. You know, as a matter of fact, before I was a PTM student, 
I was in architecture school at the University of Cincinnati. It was, it was one of the top ones in the country at the time. And the one thing our professor said is that great architects copy other architects. So you borrow, copy, and steal everything. And that's okay. Another example was when I started my first summer program at a local high school, there was already a very successful program going on at the high school across town. So how did I pick my days and times? Well, I copied theirs. And with my rally ball program that I had in the schools, I already had a group of kids to promote it to. I had 554 kids in my first summer and it ran very smoothly because the perfect system had been tried and tested in our community for the last 20 years across town. So bottom line, bag, borrow and steal from other pros and experts in the industry, but then weave it into your own situation. For a PTM student, apprentice, or person who's starting out, it may just be how to teach the forehand effectively. That's how it started with me, and just go from there. And one last point is, and this is very important, that when you do borrow or steal something from somebody, don't be afraid to give that person credit. It just makes you more authentic and more trustworthy, and everybody wins in that situation. Well, that wraps it up for episode three of the PTM podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, copy what works from those you trust in the industry and turn that into something that will work for you in your own environment. Well, are you interested in a career in tennis or know someone who is? Or maybe you want to start a PTM program in your own area. Either way, go to ptmprograms.com and RSU will get you started. And don't forget, there's a huge need for quality coaches and RSU wants to meet you right where you're at and help you reach your destination in the racket sports industry. And as always, if you know someone who may benefit from the podcast, please share it with them and thank you in advance for your support. Well, I'm Coach Mick and I want to thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me again for the next episode of the PTM Podcast. <laughs>